Today, let's pray with a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, came forward and put this question to Jesus, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, If someone's brother dies, leaving a wife but no child, his brother must take the wife and raise up descendants for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married a woman, but died childless. Then the second and the third married her. And likewise, all the seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. Now at the resurrection, whose wife will that woman be? For all seven had been married to her. Jesus said to them, The children of this age marry and remarry. But those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like angels, and they are the children of God because they are the ones who will rise. That the dead will rise even Moses made known in the passage about the bush, when he called Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and he is not God of the dead, but of the living. For to him all are alive. Some of the scribes said in reply, Teacher, you have answered well. And they no longer dared to ask him anything. The Gospel of the Lord. This Saturday, I'll invite you to make a summary with some words that may have resonated with us. The background to all this will be the words by Pope Francis that helped us to take on a different attitude when in prayer and invited us to stand before Jesus so that he'll look at us and we may listen to him, so that we may allow ourselves to be looked at and loved by him and thus feel his word. Without lapsing into sentimentality, we can realize that prayer is also an exchange of glances, as well as an opening up of our heart to Jesus. On Monday, you'll remember, we listened to the gospel of blind Bartimaeus and finished with a prayer that said, Lord, I imagine I'm blind Bartimaeus. I'm on the road with a burning desire to see you. We said we needed to pray that we may see Jesus. The miracle of seeing him is the great pleasure of any believer whose heart is lifted up towards him. That was our desire on Monday, to start to see so as to let Jesus look at us. How beautiful. After all, that is what matters. What's the point of starting to see if not to look at Jesus and allow oneself to be looked at by him? Lord, let me see again. Let us see again so that we can be seen again. That will heal in us everything that needs to be healed. On Tuesday, we listened to the beautiful story of Zacchaeus, who ended up being inwardly transformed by Jesus' presence, who asked him to stay at his place and be with him. But we meditated on everyone's malicious talk. They all murmured and grumbled, most probably because they didn't allow themselves to be looked at by Jesus' eyes who can possibly slander Jesus if they've been looked at in the eyes by him. That would be impossible. Those who murmur are those who don't know him. 
The same happens with us. We criticize others when we don't know them. They grumble and resent us because they don't know us, and they've never allowed us to look into their eyes. On Wednesday, we saw that suspicion was alluded to in two passages of the gospel, when the citizens didn't want the nobleman for their king, and when the servant, who had a poor idea of him, stingily stored his gift away in his handkerchief. We said then, let us not mistrust God, don't fear him, don't invent that God is terrible and demands more than is fair. God is good, but he takes our life seriously, and that's why he gives us gifts, so that we may be fruitful, not for us to store away what he's given us while we go about the world grumbling and wasting our time. Wouldn't you do the same with your children? Don't you do the same with them? Don't you expect your children to give all of themselves in accordance with everything you've given them in the course of their lives? God never demands from us more than we can give, however, so let us not demand from others, from our children, more than they can give. On Thursday, we contemplated Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. Isn't that what he did for us too? Weren't those tears over Jerusalem, the tears of God the Father flowing across Jesus' heart? Could it be that Jesus one day also told his Father, I want your tears to be mine as well? Could it be that we aren't fully aware yet that God the Father's pain is that we may be still unable to decide to love him as he deserves? Jesus wept. Jesus weeps when we stop looking at him. That's something we must not forget if we want to be true Christians. We can only realize that Jesus weeps for us if we decide to look into his eyes again. And yesterday, Friday, we saw Jesus drive out the merchants from the temple. His anger, his temperate anger, helped us to discover what made us angry too, right? Because some things make us angry and others leave us indifferent, and we need to ask ourselves, could it be that what we are most interested in is ourselves, and that's why we become so angry? God speaks to us through our emotions, we said, and so we need to learn to read what is behind each feeling. Well, let this weekly summary help us discover what God was telling us this week through his gaze. What did he mean to tell us? What did he mean to tell us through that pain? What did he mean to tell us through that sadness? What did he mean to tell us through that happiness? What did he mean to tell us through the beautiful things we had the chance to experience this week? Have we let ourselves be looked at by him? That's what's most important after all. May we have a good day, and may the blessing of our merciful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon our hearts and remain with us forever.